Economic Report on Drive Time. Time for the weekly World Economic Report on Drive Time. What have we got? A massive fuel hikes, consumer conf- confidence index increases, and European countries also suspending AstraZeneca. But online, as always, Dr. Jason Misyorka, Senior Researcher, University of Pretoria, Twitter handle at Jason Misyorka. Dr. Misyorka, welcome. Thank you so much, Sophie, for having me. And hello to the listeners. Of course, fuel hikes, totally predictable. Um, the price of oil shot up to $62 a barrel, and the rand uh, value against the dollar, dollar tumbled a bit, which uh, means Aina, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so these are the contradictions of the recovery process emerging from COVID-19. It was more certain, or at least we were more sure what was likely to happen now. We are seeing a lot of back and forth and contradictions in the sense that while economies are making efforts to recover, at the same time there are the unintended consequences which include the increasing oil prices. So in South Africa here, for example, we know that there are some domestic and international drivers. One of the key drivers of the cost of oil, as we spoke last week, is, of course, the, the, the regulation of production uh, by the OPEC plus countries. So that's an international driver or driving factor. But when you look at the local driving or domestic factors, what we do know is that in February, the Minister of Finance did increase the... Uh, some uh, fuel taxes, and we saw an increase. In fact, the proposal was 27 cents a litre increase. Um, and that, of course, is, is coming into effect. So if you combine the increase in fuel taxes plus the, um, the, the global driving uh, factors, then, of course, we land now where we are. So we are likely, in fact, the predictions are that we might be looking at about 17 rand per litre or so, which would be probably um, the, the, the highest oil prices that there has been in the country. So we need to brace for that. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a, a challenge, partly because when fuel prices increase, they affect the entire uh, economy from the rich to the poor, and they also affect supply chains, agricultural supply chain, manufacturing supply chains, and even just normal transport. Uh, the cost of goods and consumer goods increases because it costs more to transport them from point A to point B because of the increasing fuel. So the ripple effect is it goes way back to the consumer, whether they are poor or rich, and, and that is what we should be bracing for in the month of April. Yeah, and um, there isn't much more we can say about the, the fuel price increase, except it's going to hurt us a lot. But uh, the next issue is the European countries begin suspension of the AstraZeneca jab over blood clot concerns and surges, etc. But this surely is going to uh, hurt a lot of these countries economically uh, if uh, the vaccine programs are delayed. So there's, uh, there's, there's uh, ongoing conversation about what is the best way to respond to what is considered as a side effect of the AstraZeneca vaccine. There are indications we've got a number of countries, which in, in include uh, France and Italy and Germany and several other countries in Europe who have suspended the rollout of, of the vaccine. 
And uh, the WHO, the World Health Organization, has come out recommending that we need to be more cautious in response. And by the way, both the World Health Organization as well as health experts, they seem to be suggesting that the, the, the benefits outweigh the potential costs. But of course, um, we might not be, and according to these uh, European countries, we might not be fully aware of the far-reaching consequences. For now, we know it's potentially blood clots. What else? And if you're rolling out a vaccine of this nature across the whole world, what happens if you end up in a situation where uh, two-thirds of the world population has now to deal with side effects of the vaccine? So there is legitimacy in this, but at the same time, I don't think there is an easy way out of it. At the same time, what is going on is the propaganda that was going on in the course of the pandemic and the conspiracy theories about the, um, you know, the, 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 the idea of the vaccine being used as a tool for control or, and, you know, those kinds of conspiracies are going to gather more momentum now because they are saying, look at what we said, and this is exactly, we have evidence, and even the countries that were supposed to be promoting these vaccines, they are now saying we are suspending them. So this is likely to create a, a, a bigger nightmare for the campaigns to, for the uptake of the vaccine. And then um, to try and end off with some good news, the Consumer Confidence Index increasing by another three index points. And that's interesting because earlier on, I think last week, or we did the business confidence index was down but consumers seem to be more optimistic it's kind of a contradiction isn't it partly yes but the reason uh, Shafiq is because for consumers when we look at the period that it was measured firstly I have to say that the indicator uh, the, the consumer sentiment index suggests that it's at higher since March 2020 so it's back to where it was just before lockdowns began and there are several factors again that drive consumer confidence index, not least the fact that there, there has been a government programs that have cushioned consumers from the reaching effect of COVID-19, the impact, the economic impact. So we know that the debt relief has been extended, for example, to end of April, and uh, there has also been increases of, of social grants, although they are slightly below uh, inflation. And um, so the economy is opening up so there is a sense that uh, things are going to get better. And we also need to emphasize, though, that what we are talking about are sentiments, perceptions, the fact that there is more optimism among consumers, South African consumers, because there is a sense that we are seeing light at the end of the tunnel. The economy is opening up and so forth and so on. So that accounts for the uh, increase of the positive sentiments that we have seen among consumers. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is a, a very uh, interesting uh, scenario. Um, I mean, consumer, I mean, how is consumer conf- confidence index, um, how do people come to the numbers as opposed to how they do it in the business sector? So what they do is they, they, they is, um, firstly, it's really a survey that looks at the, the perception of consumers on uh, the economy. And that sometimes is really just uh, based on guts. It's based on how people feel because they are perceptions. They are subjective. They are not based on hard data like businesses. For businesses, 
when you talk about business confidence, you do ask their annual turnover, how their books look like, and that's not the case with their consumer confidence index. So that, that the perceptions, though, important because investors do rely on them. When the consumers are more positive and there is, uh, there is more optimism, the, the, you know, it's easier for investors to see that if the consumers themselves are optimistic, then there is reason to make investments. So it does have an effect on the economy, that's for sure, but it's actually based on uh, sentiments and, and, and the optimism or the pessimism of consumers to the future. Dr. Jason Masyorka, Senior Researcher, University of Pretoria, uh, Weekly World Economic Report. Dr. Masyorka, as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, Same time next week, different stage. Thank you so much, Shafiq, for having me. Drive time on 91.3. Always on the cutting edge.